Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. Yes, it's another Friday and you know how we start out. You know, this week could be the most amazing week for you. You're out here crushing your goals. You're feeling truly amazing about that. Then there's the other part where you could truly and honestly feel like, oh my God, this is the slowest week or the longest week and I'm over it wherever you are. It does not even begin to matter. What does matter is that you've made it yet another, another week. And so I just wanted to say, welcome to Friday. For me, this was a long Friday. And it, in that, it was about deadlines, but more, it wasn't as intense as it was last week. Last week was an extremely intense week. But again, I have to stress and stress and stress that at the end of the day, and the fact that we've made it through, we've pushed through is the blessing. And again, I always have to stress. I know people say that you're not supposed to live for Fridays, but sometimes Fridays could just be the goal. You know, you're not necessarily trying to live for Fridays. You're living your life every day as if it was just, you know, doing your thing. But in the same time, sometimes it just comes down to I'm grateful for Friday. Um, this week, like I said, it has been crazy. We've reached a uh, progress report for the kids. So if you're a virtual parent and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just craziness. You know, the kids are still struggling with adjusting. I did do a full blog. If you would like to read that, um, you can read that, of course, all blogs at www.toytime, which is T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org, where I talk about the reality is that my youngest just could not adjust. She finally is beginning to adjust. She's finally into the swing and the flow. She's finally semi-okay with it. But at first she was just struggling. There was nothing about virtual that she cared about. It didn't matter. We talked to her friends, her cousins, to try to encourage her because they too were virtual. It just did not begin to matter. She wants to be back with her friends. And you know what? Rightfully so. She's a first grader. Half of her kindergarten was taken and now we have first grade. Those earlier years are all about socialization. They learn through socializing. So the fact that they're not able to socialize while they're learning is a huge, huge part. And I've always understood that. But you know, her biggest thing is that, you know, her siblings do have asthma and very intense asthma, like extreme asthma. And, you know, trying to protect them has always been my number one or my husband and I's number one focus, but then she doesn't have it. So her thing was always like, well, I don't have it. Why can't I go to school? So just trying to explain to her, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want to keep everybody as safe and keeping the other two safe keeps everyone safe. And that's been a hard concept for a kinder, for a first grader. It has. So I'm just grateful that we have found, you know, we've done everything from, 
um, stress toys to pizza Fridays, Friday turnips, taco Tuesdays. Uh, we've even done McDonald runs with Uber, whatever we need to do to get them through. We are going to continue to do and have done. So if you are a virtual parent, you're like at your wits end, tie a knot, tie another knot because you're going to get through it. You know, as stressed as, as I may be feeling or my husband may have felt, you know, we've always tried to keep ourselves in the mindset that the, the kids are the ones that are going through it. And as much as we say that the kids of this generation are, aren't as strong as maybe in the one like we were in the 80s and the 90s. The reality of it is, is that they're to going through something that we never would have had to go through. And so now this whole intensity too for them is just as strong, if not stronger. So we just have to be mindful. And that's the same thing that to be mindful of each other. We never know what somebody else is going through and what somebody else can take. Somebody else on the other side may not be able to stand. And we're going to talk about self-care too. Um, and what self-care failure may look like to, to a person, because that's actually a real life thing. You know, we talk about self-care and we talk about the things that we need to do for self-care. But then what happens when self-care doesn't work? But I also want to take this time to say thank you for listening to the episode last week with my husband. I've gotten amazing, amazing reviews and I'm so excited. You know, it was truly, like I said, we were only going to do like a quick little 15 minute uh, conversation and, you know, just, you know, really quick conversation and go on. But it really turned into a full episode. It was so easy to talk to him because that's just how we talk in real life. So I'm glad that it was received with much love. Um, He enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And obviously you guys have enjoyed it as well. And I'm sure he'll be back at some point to talk some more. It's always good to hear like a man's perspective about what it is that they feel, you know, is going on in relationship because not that we don't have men talking about relationship, but it's always so good to hear when a man talks about how they feel because we have this mindset that men don't share their feelings, which is absolutely a lie. You know, men will open up and have conversations and it will easily flow with whom they are comfortable with. And when you open up and have an environment where you're conducive, that if if your husband, your boyfriend, your the man in your life does not feel as if once they confide in you and they tell you about how they're feeling that you go and you disrespect that or you dishonor that moment and that that clarity by then sharing with your friends, kicking it up with them. Um, those are types of things that can damage the communication that can slow down the communication that can shut down the communication between you and a significant other really of any um, gender to be honest with you you want to feel safe and so having a safe space to speak is very very and I mean extremely important it really is the catalyst to why and how people heal even when you're going through counseling and therapy if you don't feel very confident in your therapist if you don't feel safe if you don't feel like you can speak without feeling like you will be dishonored there's no way that you're going to heal now you may not like necessarily what your therapist is going to say at that moment because i said this before and i'm going to say this again therapy is not something that you do for the hell of it you don't just go for fun If you're in therapy, you're there for a purpose. And sometimes in therapy, you will leave angry. And sometimes in therapy, you will leave sad. You will be upset. You will be all kinds of different emotions will come out. So you have to feel 100% safe and you have to feel 100% 
able to communicate with your therapist in order for the therapy to work. And that is why you should always interview your therapist when you're looking for your therapist in the very beginning. And you really ought to be able to feel comfortable so that when you get to the moments of uncomfortability, you can really understand that that's just a fleeting moment and that it'll pass. Because if you're going to the door and you're talking about stuff that's mundane to you, stuff that's surface and you don't feel safe, you're not going to feel safe enough to talk about those deep rooted issues that have been in your soul for years. You're not going to be able to do it because you're not going to feel safe enough. You're not going to feel honored enough. So that was just a little tidbit on, you know, conversations and being you know open and that like I said being able to talk to your spouse and your spouse feels like they can confide in you without you and even you know what and men not running to their boys always telling them what their wives is talking about in that most honorable moment too that matters too it's not just women running around kiki with their friends only it is sometimes you as a man warning running to your boys and having that moment where you dishonor your spouse now get it we all have to um events we all have to get things out but there is a way that you can do so that doesn't dishonor your spouse if your spouse is telling you something that is truly truly personal it would be in your best interest to not go spill that because you need to be able to feel again honored in your relationship. Um, so I'm totally glad that you enjoyed it. And again, he'll be back. He'll be back to have another conversation because I mean, we talk like that all the time offline. So it's nothing for us to come back online and have conversations about it. You know, whatever it is that we're talking about. I do want to say that we're in October and the weather, at least here in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, has been really nice, very nice lately. It's almost like, you know, like my grandma and my aunt would say like that too nice weather, you know, where you get these really high days of like 70 something degrees, almost to 80. Then the next day you jump down to 50. I think that's what's going to be happening over this weekend. It's going to be really nice. Probably. I think it's today and um tomorrow but then you have Sunday I believe it's going to drop and like my grandmother would say that's that get sick weather however one of the things that's probably been saving a lot of people is if you're in an area where there's been like a lot of sun and the weather has been pretty nice um, and you're now in October and you may deal with seasonal depression it may not have kicked in because of the sun it may not have kicked in because of the weather. Please be aware that it is a possibility that it will kick in. And if you've dealt with this more than one time, then please do everything that you can have some type of a seasonal depression plan. I know that sounds crazy because how can you have a seasonal depression plan, but it would be in your best interest to have a seasonal depression plan. One of my friends and I, and I would never tell their name, um, we have a seasonal depression check-in where we have we make our own individual list to ourselves and then we check in quite often probably more in the in the winter months more when it gets colder because that is really how seasonal depression works as it gets colder as it the sun is not as high and during the day you know we have shorter days with a lot of sun and we lose all that beautiful sunlight we lose all that time i mean even the next week is going to be um, daylight savings time. So, you know, we're, yeah, we're going to get an extra hour, but, you know, we're also we're also going to lose, lose that out, you know, lose that sun, that, that daylight time. So I make my own personal plan 
where I sit down and I say, what are the things that are going to be necessary for me at any given time to get through my seasonal depression? Now, again, because I've tapped into to what it is, because for a long time, I probably was experiencing it and didn't realize what was going on. Therefore, there was no plan. But now that I know a little bit better about myself and really knowing about yourself really will help you. And um, so for me, I have a plan. I do things like, you know, I've been stressing going outside for 15 minutes. That has been extremely helpful in the wintertime, even above summertime, I will open every blind in my home to open up any form of light. Now we know in the wintertime, the light is different, but I still open up the blinds because it almost tricks my brain into thinking there's more time, like there's more sunlight. So yeah, I open the blinds up throughout the house, every blind in the house, you know, obviously during the day. And I go outside for 15 minutes, even if I have to bundle up and put a coat on, even, you know, maybe not necessarily in the rain, if it's like pouring down rain, but if it's like a drizzle, I'll go outside for the, you know, 15 minutes, especially with us being more in the house. Um, it's going to be imperative that you try to get out as much as much as possible. Like even with the kids, we go outside as, you know, more because it's, you know, right now it's been nice, nice days, but even when it doesn't and it turns, you know, we have to still make time to go outside. Doing things like that will help. Um, I keep a journal on me at all times, you know, for when I'm out and about. And I have different things like certain books that make me feel really cozy. You know, if I like hot chocolate or hot tea, I may indulge in that because it's a favorite drink. Certain things like that will help you through those moments. And that's going to lead us right into the conversation today about self-care. I don't want to say that self-care is a failure because the the concept, the idea of self-care is never a failure. It is always a great idea to basically feed your soul and give yourself the things that you need every single day and not give yourself these things. It's not self-care because you're going through something. I used to think that self-care was like, okay, if you're having a bad day, then you practice self-care. The reality of it is, is that you need to be practicing self-care even when things are good and when things are not. Self-care is just that. It's the caring of yourself. It's taking the time to put yourself as your priority. You know, I know that as a wife and as a mother, you know, and especially as a woman, it's easy for me to have this thought process of taking care of other people because that's almost the basic duty of a wife and a mother. You know, and as a woman, I think we're naturally more inclined to do things like take care of other people. We are nurturers by nature. That is what we do. And so as we're nurturing other people, the one person that we seem to forget, that seems to be last, that seems to be like, we'll get to her tomorrow. Well, we don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time is ourselves. And so the idea of self-care is not selfish. We've heard that before. Self-care is not selfish. However, sometimes it takes a little bit of a five second selfish thought process to get to start the process of taking care of yourself. Like you have to say to yourself, I am worthy of this. I need to take care of me because you'll look up and you'll be completely overwhelmed. And that's when self-care, the lack of self-care will then slip into, into mental health care. And reality of it is they kind of work together. When you are able to take care of your mental health and your mental space, when you start to practice self-care, even if in the very beginning it seems forced or if it seems like it's not a natural flow, it has a lot to do with with being tied to mental health care. 
I'll give an example. When I was in my postpartum depression and my husband would encourage me to do self-care, like, oh, go take care of yourself, go take a nap. You know, if you need to go shopping, go do that. Um, It was because my mental health care was so, my mental health was all messed up that I could not even see the fact that he was actually encouraging me to get to, to take care of myself. That concept became extremely foreign and I became extremely upset like oh you know you want me to go shopping and shopping doesn't fix it it's shopping it doesn't fix mental health care like it will never fix your mental health so I was thinking that when he was trying to tell me about self-care that it just was a failure like oh the self-care is a myth it doesn't work it's something these people are telling you and then you discover like you do all this stuff and then it doesn't do anything well the reason why it wasn't necessarily doing anything was because my mental health my mental health was in jeopardy and I just didn't have the mindset because it's mental health to tap into that so yeah you can have where you're practicing self-care and you feel like oh it's just not enough okay I took a nap I feel a little bit rested but it's not enough or I went and I did a bubble bath and I still feel really like a shitty human or I went to the nail salon I went to get my hair done I look amazing but I still feel like everything is, you know, gone left. Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact that it has some mental health that has to be taken care of as well. Can you tap into your mental health care as well as self-care at the same time? Yes. But it takes a certain mindset to be able to do that at the same time. When I first started losing weight, losing weight for me was more or less a inward journey because it had everything to do in the beginning with the outward appearance I was told you a couple years ago and maybe I never told the story on the podcast but a couple years ago I was at a job and that job was always about self-care I mean it was a it just was always about self-care literally that was kind of like the built-in situation and so I went on the scale they were weighing us you know you know, one of those um, health, health fairs. So they went and they weighed us and I got on a scale and that scale was on another level. There were numbers that I had not seen since I was pregnant. And in the same day, when I say the same day, literally the same day, that's when a woman asked me how far along was I in my pregnancy? Well, at the time, my child, my youngest was a one-year-old. So yeah, in, in one year, your body is still adjusting. Um, And I was still nursing her, which means that I had to increase the amount of food that I was eating, whatever the case may be. Um, So, yeah, so here I am not pregnant, being asked how far along I was, just got on a scale. I literally wanted to just crawl into a ball and cry. And it was at that moment that I decided that whatever came, I needed to make this change. And it was I didn't have a trainer. I didn't have anything except for I worked with my nutritionist that was provided for my job and I worked with my therapist and it was a combination of mental, get your mental self together, get your health together and figure out what it is that you're eating that could be contributing to it and then get self-control. And that self-control was done through, you know, therapy and working with my doctor on what approved, um, workout could look like and it was just a combination so I went I got a full work body workout with my doctor determined where I was on this you know not just the scale but blood wise and everything and so here I am I'm 
pushing myself to lose this weight. And then as I started losing pounds, it became more about emotional weight. It became about mental weight. It was like, okay, what are you carrying in your body and your soul that could be dropped off? What needed to be worked out? And so as I began this workout regimen, then I began to use my running time and, and, you know, I did the gym and I did weights and I did those things because those are all those things matter. But when I started really getting into the depth of working out, there would be times when I would run and running would then be self-care, but it also worked out that it could be, you know, physical for my, for weight loss. But there are so, there's like a small slip where you can work yourself out because you know that you need to, and we all do. But you can slip into this, oh, you know, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And then you slip into this, this mindset without even knowing it that you've really been overcome with this whole workout. So I don't want people to like, if you're a compulsive eater, to switch over to this compulsive working out, and then there's no balance. Because you do need to have balance in self care. Like how many bubble baths can you take in a day? Like you can't take 20 uh, baths because you're stressing. And can we also have the concept that self-care does not have to be this elaborate, I don't even know what you want to call it, like this elaborate scheme of things like, I'm going to go put a bath, I'm going to do my bubble bath, I'm going to put my bath bomb, I'm going to do all these things. For some people that does work, that is self-care for them. But you know, there's been times when you, you know, you can be broke and still practice self-care. And when your mental health is together, you'll be able to easily see that. When I was... I don't know, in the very beginning of this whole self-care journey, I was like, oh, you know, I don't have enough money to go and do this because, you know, we're saving for whatever it was that we were saving for. And the reality is when you have kids, you know, my kids are 11 and younger at the time. I mean, they were babies. So, you know, when you have babies and you have diapers and you have daycare, those expenses are exhausting. I felt like I was really working for my kids, to be quite honest. The, if I even when I went back to work after being a stay at home mom, I could have just stayed out. I really could have just stayed out. And this is the thing with a college degree, with years of experience, still could have stayed out to save money or to not even to, just to continue saving money. But, you know, sometimes for me at the time, working was self care. I needed to be away from the kids. And I know that sounds horrible. You have to be away from your kids. But I was floundering in the midst of trying to get myself together. And I could probably, you know, I'm doing, you know, I could be fine now. Like if I had to be a stay at home mom, I guess in a way I am a stay at home mom, right? A stay at home working mom. I don't know. But if I ever had to do it again, I would be fine because I realized what I need to get through it. But at the time, no, I had to get out of there. I had to get out of my house and get around some adults and make some money and feel like I need to feel for myself. And, you know, I know people say, well, you shouldn't talk like that. There's so many people that would just love to be around their children and you had those kids. And so how can you say you want to get away from them? Getting away from them wasn't the issue. Getting away and getting my mind together and feeling as if I was in handle and control of whatever it was that was going on. My kids were never the problem. It's my dealing of my kids and dealing with myself that became the problem. And so working for me was a temporary need. Right now, I've learned that I don't need to necessarily go to work. And I mean, outside of, you know, I mean, I work from home and 
a lot of parents are not working from home, but I'm saying I don't need to work from home to practice my self-care to take care of my mental health. Now that my mental health is stable and I'm able to see certain things and I have certain things in place and we have a plan around what it is that I need for myself, it makes it easier for me to now be at home being a working from home mom. But the self-care is not a failure. It's just the fact that we don't realize that with self-care, we it's supposed to be helping us towards really towards our mental health. We just don't realize it. So if you're broke, you can still practice self-care because self-care no longer becomes nail salons and hair appointments. And you know what? To be honest with you, although nail salon appointments and hair appointments, especially now with the pandemic, is really therapeutic and it feels really great. And you it's a you know, you feel good because you're finally looking good. You take care of yourself, you know, you look in the mirror, you like, okay, you're liking what you see. The reality of it is is that hair appointments and nail salons appointments is really about upkeep. We may enjoy our upkeep appointments, but upkeep and self-care doesn't always have to coincide. They don't always have to coincide. They can, they don't always have to. Because if there's going to be times when you can't afford to go to a nail salon and you can't go to the hairdresser. So then are you feeling as if your self-care now has ended instead of just being honest and saying, I feel like I can't wait to get back to being able to take care of myself in the, in the, the scope of being able to get my hair and my nails done. See how that slight difference, but it does make a huge difference because you can tell yourself you don't have self-care because self-care doesn't look like the way you want it to look. If you really want to go to the spa, like, I mean, everybody loves going to the spa for those who love to go to the spa. However, your world can't come crumbling down because you can't afford to go to the spa. And that's when you have to realize that there's a mental health care disconnect. If you're not able to say, okay, this is just a temporary situation. And when I'm able, I'll go back. But if you really have said to yourself, oh my God, my life is done because I can't go to the spa or I can't do certain things the way I'm used to doing it, then you need to tap into mental health care because they are really, con their mental health care and self-care work together. When your mind is right, the things that you're doing for self-care becomes that much easier. And when you start taking yourself, your mental health, it's easy for you to recognize that you need self-care and be able to fluidly do it and go towards it without feeling this sense of guilt. Because, you know, it's crazy how we do so much for other people. And then the second we have to do something for ourselves, we feel guilty about it. I feel guilty that I had to say no to somebody because saying no to somebody was a form of self-care. I'll give you an example of that. You have somebody that's always asking you for something. They always need you to do something. Or you've agreed to do something for someone, but they feel like you need to do more. Sometimes self-care is saying no. It is not always about doing these activities. Sometimes it's saying no. Sometimes it's taking a mental time out. Sometimes, like in a working situation, when you have that boss that's just doing the team too much, Sometimes it's just having a meeting and saying, listen, you may not change, but I have to speak up for myself and say how I feel. That sometimes is self-care. Sometimes self-care is going to take a nap. I didn't realize how powerful a nap could be as far as self-care, but it is. I've had times when I'm just like so tired and agitated. And you know how you get when you get agitated. For me, I get irritable. 
I started getting my really like my patience is on a, on on negative two. And so sometimes just taking that quick nap may not wake up and fix all my problems. It's not like I'm going to go take this nap and it's like a, you know, a fairy dust is going to drop over top of me. And all of a sudden I wake up and my problems is just so like taken care of. That's not, that's not how that works. But I can take a, a nap and get my mind together and then wake up. I've woken up from many a naps and had a plan. I've woken up many times during a nap and actually woke up with a plan because my mind was able to rest. Cause sometimes you can say you need a nap and go to sleep and then go to sleep with the, the burdens of life on you and really not rest. Sleep and rest are two different things. Sleep is the art of just laying your body down, closing your eyes and going to sleep. I've been times where I've been so unrested in my sleep because I didn't go to sleep and rest. The second I started worrying about one thing, instead of cutting that thought process off, I then started thinking about 20 more other things. Then I went into my dream world and then that, you know, whatever I had on my plate became back into my dream and not because it was trying to give me an answer is because I went to bed totally, totally burdened. So when I feel like I am burdened, sometimes I will do a mental mind. I don't know what you want to call it like a mind dump where I'll take a piece of paper or I'll use my phone and use the notes on my phone and just write out the thoughts that come to my mind in the first five minutes. And then I say to myself, okay, now we've talked about this. We've written this down. You know where you are. You know how you feel. You, you, you know what's on your mind in those first few moments. And now it's time to let it go. And letting it go doesn't mean that I have a a solution to the problem. Letting it go means, listen, I need my rest. I need my sleep. And I'm going to get both. I'm not going to just get sleep. I need my rest and my sleep. And sometimes that rest comes in a mental rest. A mental timeout. A mental break. You have to tap into your whole being to do that sometimes. So that's why I say... We have to be mindful that mental health care and our and our, and self care they go hand in hand. Because listen, if you don't get your mind together and whatever that means for you, we are all completely different. We are all a complex humans. Our minds, we think we can change our minds. We are quick on our feet. We can be quick with it. That is why it's not self-care plan that fits everybody you know when the world was opened up for me self-care was going to the bookstore I am a uh, I guess you want to what traditionalists would call a you know a bookworm a nerd whatever you would like to call that none of that has changed for me I'm a mom who is just a nerdy mom you know what I mean and for me nerd and all that stuff is not a negative connotation I like what I like my husband loves the TV. I really could do without any TV in this house. Personally, could do without TV. When TV is on for me, it's literally just a distraction. Or it's just a noise in the background. I don't tap into it. I'm not saying that there's not shows that I like. But if I didn't have it, I would be completely fine. I prefer books. I prefer writing. I prefer reading. So sometimes those things are self-care. Um, 
and then obviously as a podcaster, I, before I became a podcaster, I would listen to podcasts. And for me, I now love listening to Audible. I never thought I would like to listen to books being read because me, I like the old school feel of touching a book. So let's not get this twisted that because I'm listening to books on Audible that I've now switched over to the point where I'm like, I don't need a book because I am the only one in this house that will push buying books. It's not a diss to my husband. It's just what it is. But I need to fill a book. Um, old school. I like to still read my magazines. Rag magazine reading is something that is therapeutic for me. It's self-care. It's the only time where I may take that 15 minutes and really, you know, encompass myself into a magazine and read the articles, you know, and that's my time. You know, Maxine Waters said reclaiming my time. That is reclaiming my time. That is my time. That is something that I enjoy. But again, yeah, Audible has been the newest thing for me. So right now I'm currently listening to Mariah Carey's um, memoir. And that's weird because it was something that I never thought I would want to even read. I don't think I don't even think I wanted to buy that book. And it's not a diss to Mariah Carey. Let's not get this twisted. It's not that I'm not a Mariah Carey fan. It's just that I never would have considered that I would find enjoyment in reading her memoir because it just didn't seem on the top of the list of things that I thought would work out. But I have been listening to it and I can't stop listening to it. And I actually prefer listening to Mariah Carey's memoir through Audible versus reading it. The way that she's and it's her talking, it's not somebody else speaking for her. Um, her voice is actually very soothing listening to her when she's reading. And let me just say as a five second plug for Mariah Carey's memoir, because it's not like this is a sponsored post or a sponsored podcast for that. But what I will say is that what we think of Mariah Carey, when you hear her, you don't get the same thoughts. So if you had any type of negative connotation or even not even necessarily negative, just like a, you know, well, it's Mariah Carey thought process. I would just encourage you to listen to the audible. If you can, you'll hear her in a totally different light. So that's where I'm at right now. Maybe the fascination of just listening to her and hearing how well she's putting things together. And again, it's been very therapeutic. It's something that I enjoy listening to. And so, yeah, I have discovered new things with self-care for the things that I need. Um, sometimes for me, self-care is coloring in my adult coloring book. Because you're able to focus for a certain amount of time, you're being creative. Um, and so that's what that's worked for me. And this is why for me, this is not for anybody else, because some people think do things for like creatively that sparks that becomes their self care. Some people may write and they may write and write short stories because that is self care for them not to even ever to be published just because it's self care. For me, I can't allow my personal creative space to be a self-care moment because one, for me, this is just personal. If I'm having a mental health issue and it's tied to self-care being creatively for me with like the podcast or the blog, then what will happen for me is that I'll lose interest in doing either one. So that's why I just thoroughly enjoy the podcast and I thoroughly enjoy writing so that it doesn't have to be connected 
Because once I feel like once they're connected, if something goes wrong, then I feel like you'll have to get yourself back into the flow. That's why some people start start projects and can't finish it because they connected to something and they have not worked it out on the other side. Like I've worked out what I need to do constantly or I'll talk to my therapist about the things that are going on because I don't want them to be connected to my podcast or my blog so that I don't want to lose my ability and my desire and my love for what I'm doing. I like to separate the for what I'm doing, the love that what I'm doing um, from my self-care being tied to, to either one. So that if there's moments something happens and I'm not able to speak on the podcast, I had to delay an episode. It's not the end of the world. If something happens and I can't get a blog out at a certain time, it's not the end of the world because they're not tied. And that's for me. Again, some people do tie it. And then therefore, they have these moments where they have these long breaks. And would I prefer somebody to have a longer break in whatever it is that they're doing and come back to it? Absolutely, if that's self-care for them. They should do that if that's what's working out for them. But for me, I just cannot have my creative space taint. I can't just personally can't have it taint. Just can't. Now, can you fail at self-care? No. I think you can have moments when you think you've needed something and it didn't work because you needed something differently and you just didn't tap into yourself to figure that that out. Yes. But can you fail at self-care? No. And if you're feeling as if you're failing at self-care, it could be because you need to work on mental health. But you can fail yourself by not tapping into the fact that you do need self-care. You have to show up for yourself. You have to show up for yourself. One thing is for sure. You can have the most successful situation at work. You can be a successful partner. You can be a successful mother, father, aunt, whatever your title is. But you have to show up for yourself. I'm going to tell you one thing. What makes me a better mom these days, what makes me a better partner these days, what makes me show up and be a great aunt, a great sister, daughter, whatever, it has to start with me showing up for myself. I am a better everything to whatever my title extends when I feel as if I've showed up for myself. When I am doing the things that feed my soul, when I am doing the things that make me complete, when I am doing the things that make me have a spark in my eye that that ignites me, I am a way better person to whatever my title extends. So this concept of being this perfectionist has stopped. Now, I used to be that way when I was a kid and I've seen it in my own children and I have had very candid conversations with them about this, this run for perfection is not reality. But what I will say is when I show up for me, because I mean, to be honest with you, who is going to show up for you better than you? I need you to understand that no one is going to show up for you better than you can. So when I show up like, yes, girl, get up toy, you got this girl. That is when I am at my best. That is when I am feeling my best. That is when I'm walking in excellence. We talk about this, you know, when you say black excellence and excellence, 
it's about showing up. It's about being your very best at everything that you can possibly be. So yes, when I go to write my blog, I do it with the intent of doing the very best that I can to be and show the very best of who I am. If I'm doing a podcast, it's like, hey, I came in the door because I showed up for me and I'm going to do the very best I can with what I got. But no one's going to do it better than me. No one should be doing it better than me. And although there's going to be times when I'm going to need encouragement along the way, there's going to be times when I feel like I need an answer from above and whatever, all those things are very real. But at the end of the day, I got to show up and be the best that I can be. You can walk around and do the best and not be the best for yourself, which means that you just have it in you to do great greatness, right? You can just do something well. You can be a great runner and so you can run your behind off and you can win races and you can do those things. But when you come in and you show up for yourself, it's, it's, it's a deeper, it's a deeper meaning. Um, when I do the, I do a lot of runs, physical runs, like 5k, 10k's, 10 miles, whatever the race is. I don't even do it for the medal. Like I'm not doing it because I'm trying to win money. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to get my name somewhere. I'm doing it because it shows I'm doing it because it brings out the best in me and I'm showing up for myself because you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to run and show up to the race in order for you to be a good racer or someone who showed up for themselves. That means I have to get up or stay up late doing whatever it is I got to do to work out. That means that when it comes to making good choices about my food and eating habits, I'm making good choices and good options for myself because I'm wanting to be my best self. And so you got to ask yourself, like I've had moments when I've, like I said, and you've been overweight and you've, you're trying this journey, you're trying to get through it. But the times when I was like, you know what, I'm going to complain later on that I should have worked out. I'm going to complain later on that I should have taken care of myself. So instead of having those moments where I'm going to complain about it later on, I might as well complain going through it, knowing that I'm going to be better at showing up for myself. So yes, I may decide to have yogurt instead of 15 cookies. Because that's what I need to do to show up for myself. But then in the other realm is that, you know what, it's okay for me to have this snack because I want the snack. So I'm going to enjoy my cookies. I think a lot of self-care and mental health care that goes together is that learning who you need at every moment and being able to tap into yourself and knowing that what worked for yesterday may not work today and what worked for today may not work for tomorrow. When you begin to tap into yourself, you really do realize, okay, I need this. I need to go ahead and take this nap and that workout. I may need to work out today because I can work out and get all my aggressions out and release that stress and then go ahead and maybe write in my journal and get my mental health together because it's better out than in. Um, it Self-care has so many moving parts, but the one part it's supposed to be self, self-care. And we have to stop telling people that their list of self-care is going to fix someone else. If you having that donut at that moment is self-care because you've been wanting something and you decided to give that to give yourself that, that doesn't mean that for the next person, a donut is going to fix it. And let's talk about this whole fix it mentality. 
self-care is not going to necessarily fix anything, but it's going to tap into you. It's going to replenish you. It's almost like it's almost like going to the gas station. You need gas in order to drive a car. Self-care is the gas that drives the car, which is your body to do and will it to do all the things that it has to do. So when you sell yourself, well, I'll get to myself tomorrow. I'll get to myself tomorrow. Can we talk and be real? Have you ever had those moments when you were really driving your real car? Or the moments were like when I was coming up and I was broke, when you only had $10 to your account, so you got paid the next pay. And so you're trying to, you know, pinch where you're going. You don't go and pick up and get in the car and run out off, off as often because eventually you're going to need to get that gas. Self-care is the gas that helps facilitate how you move. You want to be a great doctor, you still got to practice self-care. You need gas. You need energy. You want to be a great writer? That's a beautiful thing. You still need energy. You still need that gas. So we have to stop telling ourselves that we are not going to practice self-care. We have to stop telling ourselves that we are not worthy of it because you need that gas, that gas that keeps you going. Tapping into myself helps me and everything that I do. It's the gas. It's the catalyst that keeps me pushing. So you can't keep pushing it off and saying that you're not going to do it. And this, I'll get it to tomorrow. Tomorrow don't always come. And not only does tomorrow not only come, but you may have already combated and added all kinds of things to your plate. And then you didn't tap into yourself and then you're spent. You're drained. You're tired. You're over it. And the list goes on because you may not have tapped into yourself. You may not have given yourself enough gas. Like I, get on the highway without gas. Keep driving along and along and along without stopping driving past every gas station talking about I'm going to get it at the next light. I'm going to get it at the next exit. I'm going to get it at the next whatever. Eventually, you're going to find yourself on that side of the road waiting for AAA or a family member to come or somebody else to come. And I don't want you to be at that side of the road waiting for somebody else to come. I want you to be there and show up for yourself every single day. Just like you show up for all the other titles that you hold. The first title and the very first thing that matters is tapping into yourself. I mean, that's exactly why when you're on a plane, they tell you, you cannot help somebody else when you can't help yourself, basically. Did you realize all the times you flew, you was getting, you was getting therapy session, you was getting a word? And we ignore that word every day. They tell you that if the plane goes to crash mode or if they start to lose um, uh, cabin pressure, that the, you know, the air, I don't even know what you want to call that, will come from the top. You know, the little thing that drops down and you get your air and you put the thing over your mask over your face. You're supposed to put the mask over your face even above before your children. But we want to do the things the opposite way in life. We don't want to put the mask over ourselves first and make sure we're good. We worry about taking care of other people. Listen, you will die in all kinds of ways to yourself. That vision that you had, you know, visions change. The same vision that I had when I was a kid no longer applies. But being great and re-evaluating that vision does. And so... You got to put that mask over you first. You got to stop giving and giving from an empty cup. What do y'all be doing? Would y'all giving out fairy dust at this point? Because if you have an empty cup and you're still giving to other people, 
you're, you're going to be mad. And you are going to blame other people. You ever seen people who do that? I've done it. You blame everybody else for your happiness. You blame everybody else because they should have known. My um my husband, I've talked about this before, and I should have talked about it last week when I had him on the episode, but making him responsible for my happiness. Getting mad at the reason why he didn't fix it. How was he supposed to fix me? Like if you touch the tip of your nose, that's where your power stops and starts. It doesn't go beyond yourself. Even if you have, are married or you're in a committed relationship or a relationship in general, like you can't make another person do for you or for others. So we have this concept that other people are supposed to make us happy. They're supposed to do the work. That is a bunch of lies. My husband was giving me everything he could possibly throw at me to make me feel better. But it wasn't until I did the work to become better that it, those things just were almost, almost wasteful. Almost. I say almost because although it seemed like it was just like a waste on his part to try to get me to be happy, knowing that it wasn't going to work until I became happy. What it did still show me was that it was that. I knew that he was supportive even when I couldn't see the support. So it helped on that that regard. This is why self-care is not selfish. You have to take care of yourself. There are a lot of people right now are like, oh my gosh, I got to take get better care of my health. Just like when the new year comes. Now, we came in 2020 thinking that we were about to be popping. And some of us, a lot of us who are still popping because we're doing the work to be popping. But the new year is going to come and we everybody changes up their style. Everybody changes up what they do. They want to lose more weight. That's why gyms become very overwhelmed in the basically in January and February. And then they die off in March. Because people don't realize that it's more than just making a statement. It's It's actually showing up for yourself when you don't want to. It's at that moment when you're super tired and you just want to sleep, but you know your behind needs to get up at five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning and get that workout done. Yeah. Showing up for yourself, making yourself a priority, because by making yourself a priority, you are also helping other people in your life that you have to show up for become just as bad, just as you know, just they become they're able to receive you. In the best light possible, they're really able to really tap into your dopeness. It's funny, I, t- I tweeted the other day about I had gotten two emails, and I really did. I got two separate emails about how dope I was, and it just showed me it wasn't even about how dope I was, it was just showing me that the very things that I, I imagine, the things that I write down, the goals that I have, you know, I don't always put a timeline, I had to have this done in a year or six months or whatever. I just write down these goals and it's amazing how even in the pandemic, these goals are still being achieved and it feels amazing. Like I would like to just downplay this, but it really does feel amazing that something that I enjoy doing that I love doing is turning into a full fledged business and the things that I didn't have the skill sets a couple of years ago because my um, blog anniversary is coming up on November 1st. I didn't have the skill sets to be able to do the things that I'm doing now. Just didn't have the skill sets, didn't know anything about anything. And the more that I learn, 
and everybody's like, oh, you know, you, you're going to work with this company, you work with that company, whatever the case may be. And you realize through this process, like, wait a minute, I wrote something down, I spoke something in the atmosphere, and then something it actually happened because I'm doing the work. So when I see those moments come to pass, when I see how quickly they they've turned around, you know, because everybody's telling me, like, you know, especially for like influencers, like brands aren't doing deals like they did before. And I'm like, you know, that does sound good. That makes sense because people's budgets have changed and money is a little tight and everybody's doing the best they can. But then it's like, you know what? But if you continue working and working hard, you do get and still end up getting brand deals. Still, I probably got more brand deals being at home than I have trying to balance it out, trying to do everything possible before. And so I'm grateful for that. But it's because I show up for myself and self-care and I take care of my mental health. When you have a clear mind, you can do anything. Because reality is, remember, think about it when you were in kindergarten, right? You used to think school was the best thing since sliced bread. And you were super excited. You can do no wrong. You knew that those were, you could be anything. You could be the president. You could be whatever the biggest title you could be. It, it's yours for the taking. But we lose sight of that because life happens, Right. Life kicks our behind. We get older. We don't have the same joy that we did at the kindergarten about things. We don't have the same joy like kids. If you've ever been around little kids, they are, they will make you feel like you can do anything because they're so infectious about how they move. They're so enjoyable. They enjoy life. They laugh. We got to get back to that type of mentality sometimes where we have joy about the little things, where we can laugh and be excited about the little things, where we can come in the door expecting greatness because we're walking in that. Self-care is not selfish, but self-care is going to take putting your mask on first. Taking care of you first. Sometimes that means for me getting up in the morning before my family does and getting myself together and having that quiet time. That's sometimes a self-care because once everybody in my house gets up, this house is booming. Even in, even with everybody working from home and going to school from home, this house is still booming. Sometimes self-care is calling one of my girlfriends and saying, Hey, can we just go out for an outdoor dinner? Sometimes self-care is calling a, a family member that we love and FaceTiming each other. Sometimes self-care is, again, a beautiful nap, whether it be 20 minutes or an hour. There's been plenty of times when I've had to tell my husband, I need a nap. I need some time. Or I need to just go to my room and let the TV watch me because then I said I was going to watch something on TV and I end up going to sleep. Sometimes self-care is deciding to make something for a meal that I truly love for myself that I'm not sharing with my family. And the snacks that I don't have to share with my kids who seem to always have their hands out. Even with my vegan snacks, they just seem to uh, gravitate towards it. Sometimes self-care is saying no. And I've had to learn that these last couple of years. I've had to say no to certain companies that just didn't make sense. I've had to say no to people who wanted me to do something for them and expected it. 
And even though their title should have, I guess, granted them, or at least in their mindset should have granted them the ability to have it. Sometimes self-care says, I can't. I don't want to. Sometimes self-care is just being honest with the people that are around us. So whatever your need for self-care is, please find a way to indulge. Self-care is not something you do on Sundays. I know we have self-care Sundays and I'm here for self-care Sundays, but there's also self-care Saturday, Friday, uh, Thursday, like it's self-care every day. You really should be doing something every single day that's for yourself. When you think about your goals, one of your goals should be to be practicing self-care because I've said this before and I'm going to say this again. Self-care is not something that you just do on a whim. It's something that becomes a part of you. It should be something that you constantly are just feeding yourself. It's not about being like, oh, I'm so into me. But reality is, is that you really should be into you. You should be into you to the point where you know all about you and what you need at any given moment. And you should be able to know that so that you can adjust yourself at any given moment. But yeah, you have to figure out what it is that you need for self-care every single solitary day. And it shouldn't even be a chore. In the beginning, it may feel that way. But after a while, it should not even necessarily be a chore. It should be something that you're so used to doing. You're so used to making sure that you're a priority. You're so used to making sure that you're okay mentally and emotionally. If you need to write in your journal, you're so used to naturally just going to get it. And even though I do journal a lot, there's been plenty of times when I've looked at my, you know, things on my journal and it's like I missed a week or I missed the two weeks or I may have put it down for a few months. But even no matter where you stop, as long as you start getting and picking that back up at some point, it's okay. Because you can feel guilty about not having self-care to the point where you actually stop yourself from enjoying the self-care moment. Because you're only caught up in, about, oh, I haven't done this in so long. I should start doing this more. Start doing it more. Stop. Don't worry about what you haven't done. Just start doing it more. Oh, man, it's a long time since I worked out for me. Man, it's been a long time since I, you know, did something for myself. That should not be. Increase that. Do it more. Do the things that you love more so that while you're doing the things that you have to do, there's been times where I've had to work. I'm talking about work a third shift job. My kids would go to bed and wouldn't think the wiser. And by the time they got up, I was home again. They had no idea I was working a third shift. But while I was working at third shift, I was still practicing self-care and I was still doing the things that I enjoyed doing. And so it didn't become it took a, the edge off the days when I wanted to not do that third shift job. But I had to finish out that course for whatever it was that I was doing. A lot of people don't even realize the lengths and extent of work that I'll do that I have done to make sure that my family is good. It's not just my husband. It's me, too. It's a team. And yeah, I'm not in that, that moment anymore. I've, I'm able to do the things that I need to do for me now. And I'm also able to do it and still make an income from it. It's beautiful. But it wasn't always like that. That's why I can't wait to tell those conversations to my kids when they're like, ooh, look at my, those, those my kids now. They'll say, oh, look at all these packages coming to the house. A lot of them are, you know, from PRs, from companies. That wasn't even always the case. So what about the first five years when I was blogging and none of that was happening? When I didn't even know a PR, didn't know anything about it. 
didn't know anything about social media marketing. All those things happen because I put the work in. But the bigger thing of it is, is that when you walk in your purpose and you're doing your self-care and you're taking care of your mental health, it just seems like things align, even on the bumpy days and on the roads when it's like stressed out and you're stressful, they still begin to work out and they have more meaning because of the way that you're putting stuff back into you. Self-care matters. It matters more and more and more. And we don't give it sometimes the credit, but it does truly matter. So I hope that with listening to this, you're like, you know what, dang, I got to get it together. I sure need to get myself together. I need to practice more self-care. And then don't just say what you need to do. Immediately figure out how you can put more self-care. What do you truly need? And they are going to change at moments. What you needed yesterday may not be what you needed today. You know, people say drink your water, mind your business and do the things you're supposed to do. Please add self-care to that same list. Please add mental health care to that same list. Because it's those things all together and combined which makes you an amazing human. Doesn't make you a perfect human. Doesn't mean that you're void of mistakes. Doesn't mean that things doesn't always work out. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get a denial letter that, you know, you didn't get a campaign or you didn't, you're not going to get everything in life that you want. But you'll be a better person because you're doing what you need to do for yourself. So at this weekend and today, don't wait till the weekend. Practice self-care starting today. Practice it every day. Even if it feels semi-chorish at the beginning, it won't be. Put the mask over yourself first before you can help someone else. Stop giving from empty cups. You don't have fairy dust that's just out here giving out stuff that you don't. If you don't have it to give, you can't give it. My time is so well spent that I can't always give everybody of my time. I can't always go to every function, whether that be for blogs and or personal. Because sometimes self-care is saying, no, I want to spend a night in with my family. This is what's best for me. That's what self-care. What is best for you? What do you need? So put the mask over yourself first. Fill your cup up again. Do you know how much joy in life you would feel when you fill your cup up again? You still waiting on your husband to fill that cup up? Your cup's going to be empty. They don't have clues. Men don't always have a clue. So you can't you can't put your basket and you can't put everything in them. You still waiting on becoming a mom and that's going to fill your cup up. You'll be a mom that maybe you may look on the surface like the best at it, but you'll be dying inside because you'll be like, man, I thought it was going to be more than this because you ain't fill your cup up. Your title isn't going to fill your cup. Just because you're married doesn't make you any better than a single person. What makes you better than anybody really in anything that you do is become an amazing person that looks out for other people that care about your environment, that loves other people, that shows love to other people. When you take care of yourself, you can see other people. You can see yourself. Your title and who what people call you as an extension of your title means absolutely nothing. So don't get caught up in that. Have a great weekend. I will see you next Friday. I'm going to be practicing self-care because that's what I do every single day. And I enjoy it. Finding out something new every day that I may, again, not know I even like, like the audibles and listening to Mariah Carey's memoir. I'll let you know how that's going too. 
But I will see you next Friday. Practice your self-care. Take care of your mental health. And when you feel like you can't take care of your mental health, make a call. Get some help. It's like getting people on the team. As great as LeBron is, he's also great because he also have a team of people that work around him and work with him. So although you want to be LeBron, who doesn't want to be LeBron? Who didn't want to be the late Kobe? Still other people have to be on the same team to work it out. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk next week. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.